0: This is the Dare to Dream Physician Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Waylee Gray. Hey, you know how many physicians today are feeling overwhelmed and trapped, living that busy and unfulfilling life? Yet, more than ever, we as physicians are keenly aware that life is precious and tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. My mission is to help physicians start living their best life now by discovering and achieving their wildest travel dreams. So come join us on this journey. Welcome back to another episode of the Dare to Dream Physician Travel Podcast. I'm so excited you're with us this week
1: and you are going to love this week's episode. We are continuing part two of an interview with Dr. Christine Goines of Nomad MD, and she just has such an incredible story. I, I love how she has intentionally designed her life and I love that she's been living courageously and she's just such an example of a dare to dream physician. If you have not listened to part one of this interview, make sure you add the last episode to your queue, so you can listen to it after you finish listening to this one. I promise you, you are going to have your mind blown out of the water. This is an interview not to be missed. All right, without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, so you told your work, you told your family, you got this ticket. You, you have amazingly just your carry-on. You put the other, <laughs> other luggage in your mom's <laughs> basement and... Tell us about launch day. (laughs) What what was that like? It was
2: really great. I mean, I was (laughs) I remember being at my my sister's apartment and we're just like sitting in her lobby and we're trying to decide what I'm actually putting in this carry on because I have three other shoes. I have a suit jacket. And she's like, Christine, you're not wearing a suit. As a nomad, you're just gonna have to give up something. <laughs> so I mean, but once I settled and got that together, it was it felt so freeing just to be able to get on that flight and arrive. Once I got into my taxi and I was driving along the coast, going to my apartment, and I saw the water. Once I saw the the sea, I was like, wow! I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I bet
1: on myself in this way. <laughs> Wow. And you, you had, you you mentioned a few topics that I think is really important to talk about, which is one is loneliness, being a solo traveler, and then loneliness. So solo traveler, there's so many aspects that go along with that. And I think several things, right? Like one as a solo traveler, but then two as a female traveler, and then also as a female <laughs> traveler of color. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's many layers that I'd love to hear more about.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think as a solo traveler, it's been a really great experience because I was always someone who had already really learned how to enjoy solitude. And so I think I was less concerned necessarily about loneliness because. I could be a homebody and I could chill in my Airbnb and look at the ocean for days.
1: That's not, that's not a problem for me. That's the introvert superpower. I'm assuming you're an introvert because someone asked me that they're like, what do you do when you travel solo and you're lonely? I'm like, I always love being solo. So it's not really a problem. Exactly.
2: So for me, it was more, like you said, as an introvert, it was about how am I going to extrovert myself from this apartment and go out and meet people and connect with the local community and give and really participate in the place that I'm I'm in. And so that was more of my strategy. So what I would do is I would go on and connect with Facebook groups ahead of time and usually a Facebook group will lead you to a WhatsApp group. And the WhatsApp group will have a really small community of day-to-day. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going tonight. And so I would get involved in in communities that way. And then I would also spend a lot of time outside going to restaurants. You know, this thing about being a nomad, which is very different than being like one vacation, it's, it's your normal life. So I'm meeting people at the supermarket. I'm meeting people when I go get my haircut, or I'm getting braids. I'm meeting people when I go to my doctor's appointment, and so it's it's all of these different ways that you're you're finding to connect with the local people who are there. And so I think through all of those mechanisms, I was able to to learn that I could cultivate and create really meaningful, enduring relationships with people, even in a short period of time to the point that I could go back to that country later and I would have people excited for me to return who are picking me up from the airport. And that was really important to me. Like that, to me, that's actually the greatest part about being a nomad and traveling is just these connections that I make with people all over the world, which was which was one of my goals. Something I always wanted to do was just have friends all over the world. So I think that that's been part of the solo traveler experience. I think when you say solo as a female, for some reason the idea of safety comes up. I feel like people talk about safety a lot when it comes to me and a few. I don't know why they don't talk about it when it comes to being a male because they really get into trouble cuz they have their guard down. I feel like as females we've been socialized so much about, around safety that we actually have our guard up and so we tend to be more safe in a lot of situations and so I think because I grew up in an inner city I I just have a natural keep my head on a swivel like I'm I'm looking at my surroundings I try not to go into dark alleys at night but at the same time like I still go out at night I'll still go out I'll meet people and things like that I think it's just about being smart so in the beginning I would my mother would call me a lot And she would want me to make sure I tag people on my Uber of where I'm going. And then as time went along, now they don't even talk to me except like (laughs) once a week or something. They're like, she's fine. She's fine. She knows what she's doing. And so I think it's just about being, being cautious, not being scared to the point that you can't live your life and enjoy whatever it is that you want to do but i think it's just just understanding like your surroundings and where you are. I really travel with a belief that i'm divinely protected. And so that really helps me to feel safe wherever i go and i and i feel like wherever i am is home and so i i do feel a sense of safety wherever i go. So
1: yeah. are there any you mentioned that like you picked your first location because there there were going to be people of from the african diaspora so is that something traveling as a a person of color is that something that you know what's your what's your outlook and strategy on that
2: yeah for me it's it's learning about whatever the history if there is a history in that particular location of people being from the African diaspora is learning more about that history and about that culture and about that journey. A lot of what I've, at least, especially traveling through Latin America, a lot of what I've learned is that there are a lot of similarities in in some of the journey and the history there. And so I feel like there's this, this is like this healing quality of just connecting with people from from the diaspora in different locations. And so I, I just feel like for me... As an African-American woman, I feel like it's important for me to learn about that and connect with with that aspect of the culture wherever I go. And so that was important to me there in Cartagena. But I still I I still look at that and think about it and try to know more, learn, stay open, explore everywhere that I go, whether it's people from the African diaspora or it's thinking about indigenous cultures, which is also part of my history. So, so all of it is, is really fascinating. And part of the reason
1: why I love travel
2: is just to learn, learn more about different cultures. So,
1: yeah, um, totally. Wow. Okay. So the first month and the part that you, you shared with me before the show and that, that you haven't shared here is you, you already had a source of income, right? So you quit your academic job, but tell us about how, how, how you had prepared for this digital nomad life before you even had your five month plan.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I had, and I never did it purposefully. So I think it was, it was out of the thought that I never wanted to have one stream of income. Like I never really believed in having one stream. And so when I left training, I had automatically started being in private practice and academia at the same time. And so when I was leaving academia, I already had this other stream of income that I could continue. And it was a stream that I knew that I had power in how I was going to create it. I knew I could decide my hours. I knew I was deciding how many days I was working and I was only working two because that's what I want. (laughs) And so I knew I could create the schedule that was going to match the type of life that I wanted to live. That allowed me to leave knowing that I had this stream of income, knowing that I had saved because I had practiced this from training. I have been taught and believed from my mentors that you you had this one aspect of your job where you would utilize your income, but you had this other aspect or stream where you would just pocket that money or you would pay off whatever it is that you needed to accomplish. And so because I had that practice for a long time, I realized that when it was when I had the opportunity to make this decision that those practices had carried me to this place where I could feel really comfortable doing. And not that everyone has to, but it does make you leave with a greater sense of feeling sure.
1: Yeah, so so you what you're referring to is you built this it sounds like a telehealth private practice mm-hmm. and is this out of out of the insurance network or do you still have to deal with the bureaucracy yeah. of insu- okay so no insurance i was an independent contractor so a
2: lot of it was not, nothing to do with insurance and so you have much more flexibility
1: yeah so you can just basically zoom in or the telehealth in from wherever you are and and continue seeing your patients from wherever you happen to be mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And wow. Yeah. And I love that. It, it's the same thing when you're sitting in Thailand, sitting on a beach in Thailand, you're like, this should be my life. And then the, my DC <laughs> work life should be my vacation. And so when you think of, okay, I'm going to work two days a week, whereas most people have weekends for two days mm-hmm. a week, some places in Asia, it's like one and a half days a week. <laughs> and and then I'm going to the other, the other days of the week is my time. Yeah. My time to explore and dream and imagine and rest. Mm. So uh, there's so, I mean, we could like have many podcasts, episodes, just me asking you so many questions that I have. And <laughs> we probably uh, there's several more I want to ask you, which is, you, you mentioned like, you you've been doing every quarter or so a new country and every month a new city. Is, is there an, uh, well, first of all, maybe tell us the countries that you've been to because it's been two years. And <laughs> out of those, t- just share. I, you probably can't pick a favorite because it's like a favorite kid, but just pick one that really excited you and that we we would love to hear about it.
2: Yeah. So I would say out of everywhere that I've lived, probably one of the places that felt most like home was Ocas del Toro, Panama, just like the Caribbean islands off the coast of Panama. And it just, it was just such an amazing place to create a life. I would wake up from bed and I'm looking at the sea and mountains. And then I would get on my bike and I'd ride along the coast to yoga class in the jungle. And then I come back and I journal, and then I swim. It was, just, it was just like this, this magical life. And
1: I want to hear more about it. Don't stop describing it. <laughs> So, what do you do after you journal? <laughs> it's 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 this island
2: where most the main mode of transportation is your bicycle. So I funny. love places like that. For me, it's okay. Let's bicycle. Let's go pick our fruit. Let's meet people for a chat, and let's go take a trip to the other island and play watch the dolphins and all of these kind of things. So it was really beautiful. The community there is so gracious and friendly and just amazing to to connect with so it was just like a really beautiful place to be and I had people come and visit me there people like really close friends and they they said yeah this is your this is your place
1: (laughs) I can understand why you love it here (laughs) wow so did you stay only a month there did you stay longer I
2: I stayed a total of four months there. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. And and tell us the, just so we can like drool over the list, tell us the <laughs> okay. list of places that you've been so far.
2: The places that I've lived, not visited, just lived. Colombia, Ecuador, Panama, Guatemala, Mexico, Canada, Brazil, Argentina, and Georgia.
1: Wow. Georgia the country, not Georgia the, the state. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. And and you mentioned this, like you, you gave us tips on like how do you find the 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 expat community, which my first experience was with that was when I was in college and I did a summer to learn Chinese in Beijing. And I, I had grown up in China until I was a young, young kid and immigrated to the US. And that was my first time going back to China. And I was like, oh, there's this community of people <laughs> who are just from other countries. It was a very interesting observation and like me, I'm not really sure why I stand here. I guess I relate to these people. They're expats, but you know, I also relate to like my family members who are just living in China. But so yes, like I-, I think it totally makes sense to tap into the expat community. But what I also really loved hearing about was all that you also have this value to like get involved with the local community. So tell us about that. Like how do you do that?
2: Yeah, I think it really comes from just living my normal life in the community that I'm in. The the community, the local community that I've grown to really love and cherish here in Argentina, I met through being out at concerts, listening to music that I love. And so you meet someone you tap in and now you know their friends and their family and it, your community just grows and grows and grows from there. But other places is similar. I'm going to Get my hair done, and I'm like, oh, but you're from where? And oh, and do you know who? It, it's just part of it is just being open and being friendly and being curious, and it just helps to establish that that connection with with folks. I think people naturally want to connect, and and they want to get to know you, even if you're you're different, they're different, you you have different beliefs, but there's always this this line that that draws us together that's what I notice everywhere that I go there there's always no matter how different we are, we're like the same <laughs> and it's really really, really beautiful the the sameness that that I notice with the people that I connect with everywhere and the locals that I've met all over the world allows us to really, cultivate and continue these relationships even when i'm not there anymore so it's 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 really
1: beautiful wow i love it and how this is like a loaded question but i'm gonna ask anyway in the last since you started your journey of being Mm -hmm. a nomad a nomad md in the in the last two years or so how have you changed what if you could go back in time and meet yourself from two years ago like what what would you notice like what's different about you
2: Well, definitely clarity. Like, I don't think I was as clear about exactly what I wanted, exactly the life that I, that I wanted to cultivate. I learned that it is really painful to live a dream that isn't yours. And it's really powerful to move from that into cultivating what you really want out of your life. So definitely the clarity. Also, the confidence, like learning how to really trust my intuition, trust my inner knowing, even when other people around me who I love do not necessarily agree. But I trust myself and I trust the universal power that I connect with. I trust that enough to know that I'm going to be okay, and I'm moving that. Um, so th- those are two things and definitely my flexibility, because I'm a type A, like a lot of physicians. So when you are in different areas of the world and there's no water all of a sudden, or there's no electricity all of a sudden, or, and then you learn how to be really, really flexible. So I've learned how to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, with things not going the way that I expected. I mean, to the point that electricity can go off and I'm just like, okay, candle lit next, (laughs) you know, just go on about my day. So I think that those are really important ways in which I've changed. And also just allowing for an expansion of my creativity and imagination. It's really allowed me to have a greater willingness to think outside the box. In every area of my life, because every time you move in one direction, it just spills out into all these different aspects of your life. And it's allowed me to realize, like, once you once you come into. The fruition of one aspect of your dream, it just continues to expand and evolve. And now my dream is growing and now I'm dreaming of other things that I never dreamed of before. And I'm moving in that direction, but I'm moving in that direction with a different confidence than I had when I dreamed this dream. So,
1: wow. I love, I love all of it. That's, that's amazing. And um, so, so for, for the listeners who are listening, who are like, what, <laughs> this is, this is crazy. Wow. This is so cool. And maybe I can do my dream. Maybe they don't even know what their dream is or like they they just know that what you just said about, it's painful living someone else's dream or some other dream that isn't really my dream. And I think that describes physicians perfectly, right? I mean, most of us did dream of becoming a physician, but what that means, right? When when I dreamed of being a physician, I had certain things in mind. I wanted to be able to help people. And then you go and live in the job that you have as a physician. And it doesn't necessarily match that, right? Right. We have to work at matching what that vision was that we had. And so being a physician and just getting a physician job and living a physician life doesn't automatically get us in that dream that we really had. And so I, so for the listener who's listening, who's in that spot right now, I thought I was living, I, I thought I got to my dream, but it doesn't really feel like that. What advice do you have for them?
2: Yeah, but I was definitely in that very situation. And the most important thing that I did was take time to be still, take time to be still, really listen to my inner voice, be honest with myself, be really transparent. Another thing that I did was I got a coach and it, it helped me to tease out just some of my thoughts. I journaled a lot. I wrote things down. We talked about that earlier. Writing things down is amazing, I think, in terms of manifestation. Yeah, like really get with and it. Interestingly, <laughs> the first coach that I ever got, actually, I told them about this dream. And they told me that you will not be able to travel the world and work less than 20 hours a week. Like what? it will take years. <laughs> that's what my coach told me. I'm not kidding. Said, you will not be. They said, well, maybe you could do this after some years of working, but that's not something you could just go out and do. And so I'll, I'll preface this by saying you want to get the right coach. <laughs> you want to get someone who has been through that journey, who has lived that, who, who really can guide you from a place of helping you to tap into your own knowing so that you can really decide the life that you want to create. Because first is the commitment. A lot of things are going to come up, but once you make, once you know what you want and you commit to that, the rest is just, I don't want to say a straight line, but it becomes so much more clear in terms of your journey.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, such so wise. So wise. And oh my goodness, that. the, the, the I don't think coaches are supposed to tell you. <laughs> I didn't say I got a
2: great one. I said that I got a coach. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, okay. Well, this is awesome. So as people are listening to this and I'm sure they're like, wait, like, I want to learn more about, I want one, I want to just follow what she's doing. And then two, can I do that too? I want to learn about how I can become a nomad MD. So tell people how to, how to find you.
2: Sure. You can follow me on IG at the Nomad MDs, and on Facebook at the Nomad MD.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, so glad, to reach out. I'm so glad. This is such a <laughs> awesome, enlightening, and just satisfying conversation. So, thank you, thank you for coming on and. Really, I'm excited to to keep following you and see what you do. And and thank you for for inspiring doctors to to dare to dream and live their best life. Thank you for having me,
0: Willie. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend and go on your favorite podcast app to give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us to get the word out there. Also, I am really excited to announce I've started a online Facebook community for physicians. Go and search for Dare to Dream Physician Travel. That's the name of the Facebook group. If you have trouble finding us, the link is also in the show notes. I hope to see you on the inside.